Okay, now let's go over the topics of discussion. Topic number one, alcohol abuse is not the cause of narcissistic personality disorder. Topic number two, signs and traits of alcohol abuse in narcissists. Third topic, tools, references, and resources. And the final topic will be critical questions. Incubator of life. Hi, I'm Luminous Star. Welcome to the channel. All of my current subscribers, mwah, thank you guys and gals so much for your subscription. I also want to give a special shout out to all of my stars who are sharing his or her stories. When you share your stories, other people more than likely will resonate. Well, some other people will resonate with your stories, right? But whoever he or she may be, they're more than likely going to be inspired and passionate about thriving forward past narcissistic abuse. Everyone who's visiting for the first time, welcome to the Luminous Star channel. If you are interested in becoming a part of our star family, you already know what to do. <laughs> All right, so mind the description box below for further details to today's video, which is narcissists and alcoholism. Also want to go ahead and congratulate every one of my stars for helping us to grow. Our star family, our star community is growing every day. So again, special shout out to my stars and thank you guys and gals so much for that. First point, narcissism can lead to alcoholism and substance abuse, whereas not all alcoholics are found to be narcissists. Many narcissists are not only predatory in nature, he or she usually has a history of having a personality that is subject to being an addict of some sort, such as impulsive behavior, antisocial behavior, and chronic deceptive and manipulative behavior. There are some who are alcoholics who display narcissistic traits while not having a cluster personality or a narcissistic personality disorder. So some alcoholics will show signs of being a narcissist or they may have narcissistic tendencies. However, they're not narcissists. They're not people who have a cluster personality. Now, this is where it can get a little tricky when it comes to a narcissist who also is an alcoholic. The signs can be blurred. They can be absolutely confusing. So some people who find out that they have an alcoholic in their family, they may not yet realize that that family member may also have a cluster personality or a narcissistic personality disorder. Again, this is just an example. This does not mean that every person that you know who's an alcoholic is necessarily a person who has a narcissistic personality disorder or a cluster B personality disorder. So a cluster B personality and or a narcissist who is also an alcoholic, the signs may not be very clear that he or she is a narcissist. More than likely, the signs will be very apparent that they are alcoholics. So this is where can, the lines can become blurred. Traits of alcoholics and narcissists are similar. However, there are some differences which are often overlooked, whereas some do not know that the narcissist in his or her life have a history in being alcoholics, and some who realize that they are dealing with an alcoholic, but overlook that he or she is also currently a narcissist. Narcissists may stop drinking for whatever reason, usually replacing it with another potent supply. However, he or she will not stop attempting to obtain more narcissistic supply. The signs and clues of one having a cluster personality is not very clear. The signs and clues of one having a narcissistic personality 
is also not as apparent. This is often why a lot of people who find out that they have been dealing with the alcoholic, they have yet to find that they are also dealing with one who possibly has a cluster personality and or a narcissistic personality disorder. Traits of alcoholics and narcissists. First trait, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde personality. Second trait, they can be impulsive. Third trait, chronic pathological deceivers. They can be bullies, denial of the problem, lack of foresight, escapism, playing the blaming game, placing loved ones or primary source suppliers last on priority list, manipulative in order to obtain a drink and or in order to obtain the narcissistic supply, overly dependent upon others to obtain their drug of choice. Last and final trait of alcoholics and narcissists, addiction to the chase or the cat and mouse games and or preying upon others for sport in order to indulge in his or her addiction. So I wanna go right to the lack of foresight. A lot of narcissists as well as alcoholics tend to lack foresight because they don't tend to learn from their mistakes. They tend to blame other people. So let's go right to the playing the blaming game. Narcissists and alcoholics tend to blame other people for their behavior. If you're dealing with a narcissist who's also an alcoholic, you may find that they are very impulsive. They seem to fly off the handle very easily. So that goes right into the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde personality. One moment they may seem calm and they get along with you and everything seems to be rosy and, and, and you know, everything seems to be okay. And then the next moment you know they're flying off the handle. The narcissistic rages are happening and you don't even know what set them off. The last trait, addiction to the chase. Okay, so a lot of narcissists who are also alcoholics, they like to prey upon other people for sport in order to indulge in their addiction. They may have a person that they have targeted for narcissistic supply in the guise of having a drinking buddy. All right, they don't do anything else with this person. They only drink with this person. And some of you watching this video, you probably already know someone who fits this description. You may know him to be a cluster personality. You may know her to be a narcissist, all right? And you may also know that they drink a lot. You may also know that there are certain people that they only seem to drink with. So the narcissist or the cluster personality, they will target certain people only to indulge in their addiction. That is how they get the narcissist supply from these particular individuals because that's their drinking buddy or that's the person that they get high with. That's it. They don't do anything else with these particular individuals. So let's go right to the escapism. A lot of narcissists who are alcoholics, they use the alcohol to escape. They use the alcohol to detach from reality even more. I mean, they already are grandiose. They're already under delusions of grandeur. So the narcissist who drinks, they use the alcohol for fuel. It helps them to take off the mask without worrying about the consequences. When the mask slips and they go into a narcissistic rage, narcissists who are alcoholics, they tend to care less about the consequences. Alcoholism or not, 
The narcissist drug of choice is primarily fuel. Narcissists generally are prone to becoming alcoholics due to his or her addictive behavioral patterns, such as gambling, adrenaline rush due to engaging in risky behaviors, disregard for natural and or financial consequences, grandiosity, superiority, and becoming workaholics. Let's move forward. For many narcissists and or cluster personalities, alcohol enables narcissistic fuel while taking away any cares of rejection, criticism, and consequences due to his or her mask falling off during a drunken stupor. So, I mean, this is a vicious cycle. The narcissist who is also an alcoholic, when they become drunk, they care less, they care even less about the consequences that follow behind that. Some of those consequences may be financial. They don't care about that. The narcissist and the cussing personality, they may end up in a, in a brawl at a bar, then end up in jail, and then they're looking to you to bail him or her out. So a narcissist or a cluster personality, they care less about the consequences once they really become drunk. They're already under delusions of grandeur, and this only intensifies after they drink. So narcissists and cluster personalities who also drink or who are alcoholics, they use the alcohol for narcissistic fuel. They use the alcohol to detach even more from reality. So when that mask slips off, they care even less about the consequences. And that example I just gave, let's just say you do bail them out of jail. They may blame you for what happened or what led up to them landing in jail. They went to a bar with one of their drinking buddies. Okay, they end up in a brawl. They end up in jail. They call you to bail them out. And on the way back home, you might get an earful of the blame. Okay, they may blame you for what led up to them landing in jail. This is very common. And some of you watching this video probably have gone through that or something similar. So I wanna share something with uh, my stars especially. During my military career, I remember a person, now this was a, a civilian, that whenever we were on the phone, they tended to be drinking, all right? So I can even hear the glass in the background clanking as they were pouring their drink. Sometimes they would want to talk for a long time about their problems or, you know, what they thought was so bad about their life. And I remember this being a pattern with this person. So I got to the point where I didn't want to speak to the person anymore. And I cut off the relationship. Now this went on for about a year. Okay, maybe a little bit over a year. But I remember this person. The pattern was that whenever we were talking on the phone, they were usually already drunk or they were on their way to becoming drunk. I didn't like that because that made me feel like that person saw me for only one thing, and that is to be a human wastebasket, to dump on whenever they felt badly. I didn't like that feeling, so I cut off the relationship. And mind you, I never hung out with this person a lot. Then there were a couple of times initially in the relationship, I hung out with the person. You know, because you know a lot of narcissists and cussing personalities, they have to reel you in. So they're very charming at first. However, about a year goes by, and I just got tired of it. I mean, I was getting tired of it before then, but I noticed the pattern. 
And so I decided to end the relationship. Basically, the pattern was this person was either drunk or they were on their way to becoming drunk when we were on the telephone with one another. When I saw this person in person, yes, there were times that they were drinking because we were at a club or we were at a party. So they were already on their way to getting drunk. I never saw them in a drunken stupor. And I, again, just did not like that particular pattern. It made me feel like I was only good in the eyes of that person. I was only good for talking about their problems. And I didn't like that. I don't know about you all, but I don't see how a person can really have a relationship with somebody who is just, you know, calling them. Every time they call, it's always a problem. And they're on their way to getting drunk. Or they're on their way to getting high. Or they are high. Okay, so this is something that I saw that was a pattern. And I was concerned. I was concerned about that. I decided to just say, oh, well, you know, hey, I warned them. I told them that if they kept getting drunk and if they kept wanting to just make me their counselor, the relationship was going to end. They didn't listen. So when the relationship ended, I said to myself, well, it can't be shocked because I warned them. Sometimes some people won't even give the warning. They will just abruptly end the relationship. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just pointing out how some people, they will use you if you allow them to. They will only talk to you about their problems. Yet when something highlightable happens in their life, such as maybe they're having a child or they're getting married, they may not include you in on that. But if they think that their life sucks and they want to vent about it, they'll call you and usually they'll be drunk and or high when they do so. This to me is a red flag that the relationship is not very healthy. Not only that, it's not worthy of continuing. And yes, I am including family members. All right, because some of us go through this and we see that this is a pattern. A lot of cluster personalities and narcissists do this. This is why I brought this up. They will pick and choose certain people to target for a particular reason. But just like I was talking about before, some narcissists only have drinking buddies. Some narcissists and cluster personalities will target certain people just to get high with. Okay, that's it. That's the basis of the relationship. That's the theme of the relationship. So I really wanted to point that out. Tool number one, increase your knowledge on how some narcissists and some with a cluster personality use alcohol to enable narcissistic fuel. Tool number two, practice self-preservation, personal boundaries, assertion, and emotional discipline. By becoming mindful to what you need in order to continue to thrive forward, might be an important step to your obtaining support once you find that the alcoholic you know is also a narcissist and or has a cluster personality. Next tool, take steps to give yourself permission to process all that you have experienced in the dysfunctional relationship with the narcissist who is also an alcoholic. Understand that you do not have to belittle your painful experiences but to find a constructive outlet to express emotions associated with what might be traumatic for you. A support base designed to encourage you to thrive forward might prove to be a real game changer. Okay, so I want to recap on the last tool. A lot of people who find that they have an alcoholic in their relationship, it's already tough enough to face that reality. 
And usually people need support in processing that information. The same will go for alcoholics who are also narcissists and who have a custody personality. Because to me, that's a double whammy. First, you're dealing with the fact that this person is an alcoholic. Then to find that he or she has a personality disorder, such as a custody personality or a narcissistic personality. That is a double whammy. So you're going to need that support. You're going to need the outlet, a constructive outlet, to express what you experienced. You're going to need that. A lot of people take some time to really process that and to actually get past that. Simply because many people who deal with the alcoholic, they don't know that they're also dealing with a person who has a clusty personality or a narcissistic personality disorder because those are not very apparent. It's not very clear that a person also has a clusty personality or narcissistic personality. It becomes much more clear, more sooner in the relationship that the person is an alcoholic. So when a person finds out later, usually it's later, rarely is it the same time that they find out that this person is also a narcissist or a clusty personality when they find out that they're an alcoholic. So a person who has invested more in the relationship, all the while they're investing in that relationship, they're being deceived because they don't know that the alcoholic that they care for and they love is also one who has a personality disorder, such as a cluster B personality and a narcissistic personality. So that means when they find out, more than likely he or she is gonna feel betrayed not only that they were lied to, but they were betrayed by the alcoholic, who turns out to be a narcissist as well, or a cluster of personality. So this is why I say the support base is more than likely going to be needed. Some people go to groups for alcoholics, all right? Not just the alcoholic going to uh, AA, okay? You have people, the families, who are also feeling the damages, the aftermath of dealing with the alcoholic, they have a support group as well. They need to also process. They also need the support. However, when you factor in the personality disorder, yeah, it's just a double whammy. So the support base may absolutely prove to be a game changer because number one, you're dealing with someone that you love and care about who is an alcoholic. Number two, you're dealing with someone that you love and care about who also has a personality disorder, such as a narcissist or that of a cluster personality. So you're going to need to look at exactly how you're going to go about obtaining the support. This is gonna be a very delicate situation. On one hand, let's just say you go to a support group for those who have had alcoholics in his or her life. Well, they're probably not going to support you in the fact that you have been dealing with someone who has a personality disorder, such as a cluster B or a narcissist. So that same group can help you on one hand, but not the other. This is why I say when you look for the support group, it's gonna be a very delicate situation and one that you're probably going to have to figure out with a lot of care. 
because then you're dealing with your emotions. You're dealing with how you think and how you feel about the experiences of having the dysfunctional relationship with an alcoholic who's a narcissist. You're trying to process that. So more than likely, you're going to need that support base. So when you are attempting to find the support for number one, dealing with the alcoholic, number two, dealing with those who are possibly personality and or narcissists, this is where you're gonna to have to merge the two and find the support base that will suit you. This is not the time to really reach out to the alcoholic and find out what he or she needs so much. This is when you're really going to have to practice self-preservation. You're going to have to practice personal boundaries. You're going to have to practice emotional discipline and assertion more than ever. Because you need to process and you need to find out how you're going to constructively express what you have experienced, which may have been also traumatic for you. Here are the references and resources. Please check these out in the description box below. I'm Luminous Star. I want to thank everybody today or tonight for joining me. Stay tuned for more vlogs. Stay tuned for more videos. Hi, I'm Luminous Star. I want to thank everyone for joining me today or tonight. And of course, wherever you are right now, I wish you the very best love possible. Everyone who's decided to join the Luminous Star family, welcome to Luminous Star. And please don't forget to select the notification bell. That way, all the videos that come out, you'll be the first to know. On that note, just a friendly reminder. Every Sunday and every Thursday, there are new videos that are coming out. So I want to thank everyone, my stars especially. Thank you guys and gals so much. And stay tuned for more vlogs and stay tuned for more videos. Narcissists have a personality disorder which reflects a person who has a lot of character flaws. Okay, so we all have character flaws. We all make mistakes. We all have some sort of failures, right? But when it comes to the cluster B personality types such as narcissists, what you often find is that they seem to lack morale. They don't have a lot of values placed on morals. So a lot of narcissists don't seem to engage in a lot of relationships that are structured or balanced or healthy when they engage with other people one of the first things they try to do is to bust down the personal boundaries so once they find that you're giving off those signals that you are prime for source supply they move right in so the narcissist is a person who is a person who has a lot of questionable characteristics such as being deceptive being manipulative they pull all types of shenanigans Every time you turn around, they're engaged in some sort of diabolical tactic. Okay, so what does this do to you? This leaves you drained energetically, if not feeling personally violated. Okay, let's just go ahead and get down to it. You may feel like you've been emotionally raped. Okay, I know that's, those are two strong words, but this is how some of you have been feeling. I know there have been times in my life that I felt violated. I felt like I was taken. I felt like I was had by a cluster personality type. 
but that's another video. So when we think about narcissistic personality, the key word may be personality, but what we ought to be looking at is the characteristics of the person. and engaging in a lot of diabolical tactics. Okay, so of course, this is at the expense of other people. Now we have to understand, the narcissist has several, okay, not just one, they have several false self-images to uphold. So when this is happening, of course, they're not gonna have a problem with using other people as pawns, with abusing other people, all for the narcissistic supply. Cluster personality types such as narcissists, very often you will find that they lack morals, okay? In other words, they're pulling all types of shenanigans and they're engaging in those diabolical tactics because they're not very conscious about how the other person is feeling, what they're thinking. They're, they're not, not conscious, conscious to it because they have disengaged. The reason why narcissists and cluster personalities are so easily disengaged is because they have already detached from themselves. So if they have detached from themselves, they're not going to be interested in connecting with you or anyone else. 
Therefore, they lack empathy, and that also makes it a lot easier to demonize other people as well as disassociate, you know, detach from people, disengage, not really care about what they think and feel when they pull these shenanigans, when they're engaged in these diabolical tactics. Narcissists are like energy vampires, okay? So when they're operating in this way, they're not going to be very conscious about the person that they're sucking the energy from. They're about that survival. Narcissists are often not only lacking morals, but they also are on survival mode 24-7 seemingly. So they're all about that narcissistic supply because they have a false self-image, actually several of them, to feed. This is what's going to help them survive and thrive. So when narcissists eat the flesh of others as well as drink their tears, this also gives them more energy to move on to other targets. Okay, so th this is what's keeping them surviving and thriving. Narcissists and cluster personalities are often not conscious about other people because he or she, even though they're addicted to people, they have already detached from themselves. So they're not going to be very interested in connecting with you on a deep level. They like their target strong because it's more to feed from. Think about the last time you were hungry. Did you want an appetizer or did you want the full meal?
number one, you want to make sure that you remember your life has purpose. Nobody's going to take care of you better than you. So remember, your life has purpose. Right now, you may be wondering, what is my life purpose? What is my calling? What is my What are my goals in life? Well, first, you have to make some goals. You have to set some time aside to maybe write down your goals. But not only that, start some type of action. What are you doing to set those goals or to achieve those goals? Are you actually journaling? Are you writing your goals down? And then after that, are you taking any action? So what are you doing to prepare yourself? What are you doing to achieve and accomplish those goals? Are you going to classes? Are you going to seminars? You know, exactly what is it that you're doing to match your goals or to match your desires or what you want to achieve? So remember, your life has purpose. Your life has purpose enough to actually live it to the full. What do you want out of life? What do you want to do today? The narcissist is not going to help you achieve those goals. Because really, when you think about it, the narcissist has taken a lot from you. Your time, your energy, even maybe some of your finances. So remember, your life has purpose. Tool number two. Remember, when you have your support base, make sure it's a support base that has effective tools. The support base is very important because it's supposed to be designed to help you to thrive forward, to help you stay focused on your healing process. So make sure your support base, first of all, make sure you have a support base. And number two, make sure that that support base is designed to help you to thrive forward and to stay focused on your own healing process. So that support base ought to have tools, effective tools, to help you to do those things. First of all, take inventory of the support base. What's actually going on in the support base? What consists of the support base? Is it a mentor, a life coach, counselors, therapists? Do you go to seminars? You know, do you have trusted friends and families that you can talk to? What consists of your support base? Take inventory of that. Is this a therapist that you trust? Is this a mentor that you trust? It's very important because you've gone through a lot. Narcissistic abuse is no joke. More than likely, your trust has been violated. So whoever consists of your support base, make sure trust has been established. Whew, last and final tool. Make sure you don't cheat yourself. You've already gone through a lot with the narcissist and cluster personality. Just look at what you've invested in a dysfunctional relationship. Especially if you've gone no contact, do not cheat yourself. Take a look at your goals. What do you want out of life? What would you like to achieve? Also, make sure your support base has effective tools and it is designed to support you in thriving forward and staying focused on your own healing. You've already gone through enough. Now is your time to shine. You are a luminous star. This is your time to shine. This is no time for you to focus on the narcissist and what he or she needs or what they desire from you. They've already taken enough from you. You've already invested enough. It's time to stop investing poorly. Now it's time to invest in yourself. I'm Luminous Star. I certainly hope you have enjoyed vlog day number seven. My stars, mwah. Thank you so much for supporting me. 
And also, thank you for inspiring me to keep Luminous Star channel active. All of you who are visiting for the first time, welcome to Luminous Star. Please hit that subscription button below and become a part of the Star family. Stay tuned for more vlogs, stay tuned for more videos, and of course, I wish you the very best.